Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and every week I'm bringing you another one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the Golden Age of Radio had to offer. For this week's episode, we look to a radio series that had several reincarnations itself, four to be exact, The Hall of Fantasy. It debuted on KALL in Salt Lake City, Utah, and was hosted and produced by Richard Thorne and Carl Grayson. It wasn't until two reincarnations later, in 1952, that the Hall of Fantasy finally went nationwide on the mutual broadcasting system. Today, the cast of Doug Shapiro, Trish Epperson, B.K. Dawson, and myself reincarnate the Shadow People, which originally aired on September 21st, 1953. So turn off the lights, gather round, and if you get scared, just remember, these tales scared your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. Elaine, have you been... I mean, have you seen anything else since you spoke to me last? No, I haven't. Ever since Mother died, nothing's happened. Well, I only hope that... What's that? It came from upstairs. Come on! Oh! You don't think that... I don't know what to think. I only hope that... Oh, David! David, if anything's happened to him, I... We'll see in a moment. There's no light on in his room. You wait here, Elaine. Where's the light? Over to the left. David? What's wrong? Why didn't you leave the light on? Your father's dead, Elaine. <laughs> Somewhere along the line of your life, you've met them. You have come in contact with the Shadow People. When did we first discuss it? Oh yes, Brian and Elaine and I. It was in my apartment. There was only one light on in the entire place. What's wrong? Elaine, what's the matter? Oh, it's silly, I know, but uh, I thought I saw something in the doorway over there. Where? Over there. Right over there. Where are you going, David? Over to that archway, just to let you know that nothing's here. There. You see, Elaine? Nothing's wrong. Nothing at all. Are you satisfied that there's no one else here but us? Yes, I... Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought that I'd seen... Leave the overhead light on. I'm sorry. I thought that... Put them back on, David. Please? All right, Elaine. Well, what's bothering you, sis? I don't know. It's just that... I don't know. Tell us about it, Elaine. Tell us what's bothering you. You promised that... That you won't laugh at me. Of course not. Brian? Well, Elaine, I'm your brother. If something's troubling you, I'd like to know about it. All right, then. The reason I was so upset was the fact that I saw someone or something standing in that archway. 
but Elaine. David showed you that there was no one else in there. When the lights were put on, you saw for yourself that we were alone. I'm not talking about something you you can see in the light, Brian. I'm, I'm not talking about a human being. Then what's this all about, Elaine? In the darkness, I, I saw something that can't be seen in a lighted area. And I've seen it several times before. You're sure you're not imagining this, Elaine? I don't have that good of an imagination, Brian. How long have you... have you seen this thing, Elaine? Well, it started about six weeks ago. You were in Detroit on business, Brian. Mom and Dad were on vacation, and I was in the house by myself. In the library. There was only one light on. I sat in the chair beneath it reading. Several times I I thought that something was watching me. I felt that there was someone in the room with me, standing right in back of me. Every so often I'd glance over my shoulder, but there seemed to be nothing there. And then, then I thought I heard someone whispering. I wasn't sure, but when I heard it again, I got up and I looked all over the house. And I'm not easily frightened, you know that, but but out in the hallway, it was almost eerily black. Luckily, I was near a light switch. I looked over my shoulder, and I saw this huge, hulking shape for the first time, and I heard a voice. Or rather, the whisper of a voice. I couldn't distinguish the words, but the dark shape seemed to be moving towards me. My hand was on the light switch, and I turned it. The minute the light flooded the hallway, there was nothing there. I was alone again. As long as there's light, I know it can't hurt me. I know it can't reach me. Well, you might have imagined it, you know. Of course that's possible, but I'm sure I didn't. It was so real. So real, that the shape in the darkness. It was the very essence of evil itself. There was an old man I knew of, a Dr. Hesselius. I'd heard that he knew quite a good deal about the supposed supernatural manifestations which had taken place in the world. I went to him to see if he knew anything that might explain the events of the story Elaine had told us. Yes, my good sir, what do you wish? I have an appointment with Dr. Hesselius. Oh, yes, he mentioned something about it. You're Mr. Drake? Yes. If you'll come inside. Dr. Hesselius is in his study. Please come with me. Doctor, a visitor for you. Oh, yes, bring him in. You may go now. Yes, Doctor. Mr. Drake. Yes. Sit down, please, in that chair over there. Thank you, sir. Now, what is the nature of your visit to me? Well, I understand, Dr. Hesselius, that you have a great knowledge of the supernatural manifestations which have occurred on the Earth. Great knowledge, Mr. Drake. <laughs> no, hardly that. I've only scratched the surface in my years of study. 
Perhaps I can help you. Then again, perhaps I cannot. Well, may I tell you a story? By all means, my good sir. All right. Now, this didn't happen to me, doctor, but to my fiancé. It seems that about six weeks ago, when she was alone, but when the light was on, the dark form disappeared. And that's the story, sir. As much of it as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I see. It's a strange tale you tell. I'm fully aware of that, Dr. Hesilius. You say she seemed to hear whispered voices. Yes, that's what she says. I see. A moment, please. I have a book in my files. Uh, oh, yes, here it is. I believe this is the one. Yes! Perhaps I may be able to help you after all. Let me see. This is a very ancient book, Mr. Drake. I seem to remember... Yes. Here is an account of a happening such as you relate. And we shall live on this earth, and they shall not see us. Yes, it has been foretold by the ruler of darkness. They who live by day and retire to sleep by night shall never know that we walk with them, that we watch them, that we wait for our chance. Only in the night will they see us, for in the daylight we are not seen. Only in the night, when the darkness grows together, the forms of the shadow people are shaped from the blackness. They will know of us. And they will know we are their companions, for we are the shadow people. I knew I had read something similar to the story you told me, Mr. Drake. Dr. Asilius, what can we do? Well, give me a little time. Let me see if I can find any more references to these people of the darkness. One more thing, Mr. Drake. Yes? Be sure that your fiancé is never left alone at night. Be sure that there is some living thing, animal or human, which accompanies her every second of the night. For she is in danger, Mr. Drake. A terrible danger. Two Broke Nerds is a podcast featuring two friends, Alec Kerr, a film geek, and Brian McElhenney, a music geek, talking about whatever they want to because, well, what else are they going to do during a pandemic? Reincarnated radio actor Doug Shapiro recently joined the Broke Nerds to discuss working as a business role player and standardized patient and how he's flexing to the new normal as an actor in New York. Two Broke Nerds is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Overcast, and Bullhorn. That night, the night of the day I had seen Hesilius, Elaine's mother died. She died in her sleep. When she failed to appear for breakfast, Elaine's father went upstairs to see what was wrong. When he entered her room, he discovered that she was dead. The family doctor couldn't explain it, for Elaine's mother had been in perfect health. A few weeks later, I was out at the house spending a weekend with them. I glanced at the clock on the mantel, and it showed eleven.
I can't understand why Brian hasn't returned from town. He said he had some extra work to catch up on. He told me this morning he might be late. Well, eleven o'clock. I'm going upstairs. Glad you came out, David. Good seeing you again. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Well, don't stay up too late. See you both in the morning. Good night. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mr. Davis. He isn't the same, David. Ever since Mother died, he hasn't been the same. I didn't realize that until tonight. He's changed. I only hope he'll start living again. Ever since she died, it seems... It seems that a part of him died with her. Elaine, have you been... I mean, have you seen anything else since you spoke to me last? No, I haven't. Ever since Mother died, nothing's happened. Well, I only hope that... What's that? It came from upstairs. Come on! Oh, you don't think that... I don't know what to think. I only hope that... Oh, David. David, if anything's happened to him, I... We'll see in a moment. There's no light in this room. You wait here, Elaine. Where's the light? Over to the left. David? What's wrong? Why didn't you leave the light on? Your father's dead, Elaine. <laughs> I had walked into the darkened bedroom. On the bed was Elaine's father. It didn't take a second look for me to know that he was dead. I'd switched off the light and walked back into the hallway to tell Elaine what happened. And then from the room there had come an eerie, quiet laughter. In the darkness of that room was some unknown evil power. The voice itself was unearthly. There was no substance to it. It sounded as if... as if it came from the darkness itself. No! No, no, I don't believe you! Please! It's the truth, Elaine. There's nothing more I can do. We'll have to notify the police. Tell me it's not the truth, David. Tell me it's not true. I'm sorry, Elaine. I wish I could. Your father's dead. After the burial, Dr. Hesilius got in touch with me. He said that he wanted to meet both Elaine and Brian, that he wanted to talk to the three of us. Accordingly, a few nights later, he came out to their house. Miss Davis, will you tell me just when you saw your first manifestation? The night Brian was in Detroit. Now, Miss Davis, you have seen this apparition in the company of other people, is that correct? Yes, the night at David's apartment. All right. Now, I'll tell you what I think. You are in serious danger, Miss Davis. These beings want to claim you. So far, they've had no success. Only in the darkness do they have power. Little by little, step by step, they have been removing the obstacles in their way to reaching you. First your mother, then your father, Miss Davis. Both died in the same fashion. In the darkness, death struck them. Now tell me, do you feel their presence here in this room as I talk to you? Yes. Turn out the lights, Brian. But stand by the switch, if you please, Brian. If anything happens, turn the lights back on. Uh, all right.
Dr. Hesilius, I don't think- Do you want me to continue working with you? Yes, sir. All right, then. Brian, turn off the lights. Yes, doctor. The room now is in darkness, Miss Davis. Do you feel or see anything? No. I... Yes. Yes, I do. Do you see anything? Yes. Doctor, I don't think- Be quiet, you fool! I know what I'm doing. In front of me, the darkness gathering together into a huge, terrible... Not only do you see us, Miss Davis, but everyone else in the room will also see the vague shapes forming themselves in the blackness. We do not want you, Dr. Hesilius, the girl. We advise you to drop this case. You'll only bring down the wrath of the Shadow People upon your head. The girl, we want the girl. Do not stop us. Let us take her. Now. The lights! Turn on the lights! They're... They're gone. Miss Davis, are you all right? Yes. Yes, I am. Just as she said, the darkness, I... I saw it form into something, too. So did I! What are we going to do, Dr. Hesilius? At the present moment, I don't know. But this much I do know. You must leave this house. Immediately. You must try and get out of their reach. I don't know if it's possible. I hope it is. I shall have to return to my home. I must learn if there is some manner by which we can defeat these creatures. For the moment, leave this house. Dispose of it. Any matter you may see fit, but... Leave this house. We spent the night in my apartment, the three of us. The following day, Brian and Elaine made arrangements to dispose of the house. In the afternoon, Dr. Hesilius called me and asked that I come to see him. David, I'm glad you're here. Anything new, Doctor? Yes and no. You realize, of course... That this spiritual manifestation is not new. That it has gone on for centuries. No, I wasn't aware of that. It's true, David. De Malpousson wrote what was supposedly a fiction story about the manifestation, David. He called it the Horla. However, according to the information here on my desk, it was taken from an actual case history. Of course, he embroidered the story, added a few touches to something he didn't realize actually existed. But have you found anything with which we can fight them? Everything depends on an answer I received from a colleague of mine in Paris, Dr. Henri Renault. I dispatched a telegram to him last night. Well, why hasn't he answered by now? There are certain things that must be done. It will take a few days, I'm afraid. We have to wait, David. There's nothing else we can do. In the next few days, the house was sold and Brian and Elaine moved into a newer, more modern home a few miles from my apartment. Cecilia said it might take a few days for them to build up their power. I spent the nights at the new house. The lights were left on, and I watched for any unusual occurrence. In the daytime, I'd return to my apartment and get some sleep. About four days after Elaine and Brian moved into the new house, 
I was at home when Hesilius phoned me. Hello? David! Yes, Dr. Hesilius. I hate to tell you this, David. What's the matter? What's wrong? They were a step ahead of me, David. I just received word that Renault died, or was killed, at the very moment I sent the telegram to him. <laughs> step by step, they had outwitted us, for they had anticipated every move we'd make. Even Dr. Hesilius was at a loss as to what to do. He agreed to meet me at the Davis house. What did you want to see us about, Dr. Hesilius? Did you find out anything more? I'm sorry to say I haven't. At the moment, I'm at a complete loss. I don't know what to do. But what did you want to see us about this evening? Merely to check to see if anything else has happened. Miss Davis, have you seen or heard anything? Not in the house. Only in my dreams. Your dreams? Yes. When I go to sleep at night, in my dreams, in the darkness, I see them. Then it's grown worse. Much worse. I was hoping that it would not have progressed so far. There have been no disturbances in this house, but now they disturb your dreams, Miss Davis. Now you must stay awake as long as you can. I want the three of you to move into my house. Perhaps it will give you more protection. That night, we moved over to Hesilius's house. Perhaps Elaine would have more protection there. From there, we might be able to devise some plan of action, some way to beat those beings. For a while, I thought we might have succeeded in thwarting their purpose. Elaine no longer complained of troubled sleep. About ten days later, they made themselves known and felt again. That night, we were in the study, when suddenly Hesilius whirled around and... Elaine! What are you looking at? Outside the house. Right where the light leaves off. I see them. She's right, Dr. Hesilius. I can see them too. What should we do, Doctor? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? There's nothing we can do. But we can't just... We can't do anything, Brian. Don't you understand that they have us at their mercy? Greatest man in my field was Henri Renault. If he could do nothing against them, what do you think we can do? He's right, Brian. There's nothing we can do. As long as the house remains lighted, just so long will they remain outside. If the lights were to... <laughs> that sounds like... The night father was killed. The same sound. We heard the same sound. The lights. What happened to the lights? Be quiet, please. I thought of this emergency. A candle. That's right, Miss Davis. As long as this burns, this one candle will be safe, for they cannot advance into the light. They are limited by the darkness. As long as the candle burns, they will have to remain outside this room. <laughs> Around you, in every room of the house, in the darkness outside, we are around you. This time, you shall not escape. This time, we will claim you. Take it easy, Brian. I can't stand it! I'm getting out of here! Brian! 
come back! I'm going after him. Stay here! We can't just let him go. He won't have a chance! I doubt if he will- <laughs> Miss Davis, I'm afraid that your brother is dead. The wind, Doctor. Listen to the wind. I know. Yes, Doctor. Listen to the wind. You must realize by now that the three of you haven't a chance. You must know in your minds that we can destroy you at any moment we desire. But, Dr. Hesselius, you may still save your own life. Let the others go. Give them to us. No. No. You will have to take all of us. Shall we destroy your life? Shall we move in on you now? <laughs> as you wish. Do as you will. I'm sorry, David. The candle is out. In the darkness. The figures in the darkness. We warned you, Hesselius. You and the others are dead now, and we shall live on the earth, and man in the day shall not see us. They will know that we will wait for our chance, that we walk with them. Only in the night, when the darkness grows together, and the forms of the shadow people are shaped from the blackness, they will see us. Then they will know that we are their companions, Look next to you, there, in the shadows. And that concludes our reincarnation of the Shadow People from the Hall of Fantasy and another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank my cast for helping me bring this script back to life. And new episodes of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast will be released every Thursday and can be found on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and YouTube. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully we raised a hair or two. But for now... That's it for me, Dave Stishin, and the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first. 